0: We are all professional naturalists who together have scoured the world for weird and wonderful wonders just to please your mammalian brain's desire for novelty. Isn't that nice? Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back.
1: Hey. Thank
0: you. Good to be here. Oh no. Well,
2: I kind of mentioned this uh, when we were recording last time and you probably know what I'm gonna talk about. Sometimes Life just shoves a podcast topic right into your hands.
1: (laughs) Absolutely it does. (laughs) I was
0: wondering if this was going to come up. All right.
1: (laughs) I Um, am curious. I'm not going to lie. I have 100% forgotten. Okay. go?
0: (laughs) I have
2: not. (laughs) You're about to remember because I'm going to post a warning right here for our listeners that if you don't want to hear details about a fairly bloody, but ultimately relatively minor injury, you should skip this segment
0: yep yep oh so, everyone's fine okay
1: now. oh oh i remember now okay yeah
0: it involved yeah. the kitchen yeah.
1: yes yeah
2: <clears throat> about about two weeks ago two and a half at this point i was preparing dinner my daughter uh who had been homesick from daycare with a fever was napping upstairs and my husband was due home soon with uh, her twin brother. And a couple other things that I should mention. One, we have a vegetable garden in our backyard. And one of the things that we grew this year was a particularly knobby kind of summer squash that's round. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and the other is that a few months ago, I decided finally to invest in an electric knife sharpener. Um, Astute listeners might be able to see where this is going.
1: Generally (sighs) a good idea.
2: So I was attempting to slice one of these squashes into rounds to roast it,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I was uh, apparently not being careful with where I put my left pinky as I held the squash.
1: Yep. Oh, um, oh gosh.
2: Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So as the knife went down, I immediately realized that I cut myself. But when I, you know, pulled my hand out, I realized just how bad it was. Um, so I yeah. nearly how cut, bad Not was entirely, it? not entirely, but nearly cut off the tip of the finger. It's about a quarter
0: inch from the end.
1: That's not great.
2: Right
0: now, yeah, so When you when you say quarter to, quarter inch short of the end, do you mean quarter an inch short of going all the way through, or quarter no, an inch from the I, end of your finger? From the end yeah. of the
2: finger. From the end of the finger. It was
1: definitely, definitely less, how
0: far through did you go? Um, like I'd say, just like to the skin I, on the other side.
1: I would like. No, to there was a little Victoria bit more than that. Looking at her finger and investigating her injury as we're recording. Yeah.
2: I'd say like, could you
0: see bone?
2: Oh, well, I was clear of the bone. I didn't look too closely. Okay. I was trying to hold the, f- the flap back on in As place, you I, I understand um, uh-huh. inquiring minds yeah. want to know. I'd say about three, th- three fifths of the way through. <laughs> Call it three, three fifths. fifths. Oh, okay. No, gosh. That's so and, okay. And it
0: was right through the fingernail. <laughs> Oh, through the fingernail. That's yeah. Worse. So I mean, here's the thing. If that fingernail hadn't been there, it's a good chance you would have gone clean through though. Yeah. Like, cause that probably slowed the knife somewhat. Yeah, probably.
2: <sighs>
0: so I ran, <clears throat> I ran upstairs to the
2: bathroom to get some gauze to
0: mm-hmm. apply pressure to Pardon. the wound.
2: Good <laughs> and one. I was, I bled all over the bathroom floor. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband got home about five minutes later and uh, took the kids over and I took a lift to urgent care and they took me back right away, and the doctor put. Just in, hold on, ho- po- yeah. hold on.
0: You can't skip that part. Did did the lift driver know you had cut your finger? Like well, that's why. Yeah, you're Yeah, he did
2: because my husband was kind of freaking out, and so he, he he came and put me into the lift and was like, "Drive as fast as you possibly can." My wife has almost cut her finger
0: off. And you're and like, like, "Hey, don't get blood back here. Like, here." It's
2: okay. Just drive safely. I'm not we'll going to bleed by. on your car. It's like I was totally calm.
0: <laughs> right, mm-hmm. you were in shock. Good.
2: Uh, maybe. I mean, I am training to be a nurse, so yeah, blood doesn't phase right. me too much.
0: Good, good. Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt. You go. Yeah. On. What happens next?
2: <laughs> um. So they they brought me back right away. I didn't have to wait in the waiting room, and the doctor came pretty quickly and uh, put in a couple stitches to sew my finger back together. And he was an older guy, probably like on the verge of retirement. And he and the nurse had this kind of insult comedy relationship going on. Um, yeah, I had also <laughs> I had also mentioned that I am a nursing student, so I was you know there's a lot of joking around going on. Yeah. Anyway, at some point, I said something like, "Well, if you can't save it, it's a good thing that fingertips can regenerate." <laughs> and of course they can. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> the doctor, <laughs> the doctor looked at me like I was crazy. And um, he he was was like, they're going to let you anywhere near patients. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what you wanted. This doctor has not been keeping up on his research. No.
2: (laughs) I laughed. I laughed. But I knew that I remembered reading about this phenomenon. And I knew Mm -hmm. that the doctor was wrong.
1: So today I bring you. Other people, I think, actually.
2: Yeah. I feel like it's fairly well known. I was sort of surprised. I was sort of surprised the doctor didn't know about it, but uh, yeah. So you today's... did
0: a you did a deep dive on it, right? Tell us about it. Yeah,
2: human, human fingertip regeneration. Um, just just to let you know before we go any further, my finger is going to be fine. I can here. I can show you guys.
1: Oh yes, yeah. it's,
2: uh, it's looking pretty normal. Well, we can fairly see. Looks fairly normal. normal. Her
1: <laughs> her fingernail looks real short, but uh, other than that, well, I yeah, right. I lost so the
2: upper portion. It'll regrow. Yeah. <laughs> um so you know, in answer to the basic question here, yes, the doctor was wrong. I was right, it's possible to regenerate a fingertip.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's my favorite part is awesome. I was right, the doctor was wrong, my finger will regrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, That's well, be saying that so much as a nurse.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm sure I'll be thinking it a lot, but Oh uh, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, you know, of course, all kinds of animals can regrow different parts of their bodies. Uh, just a few weeks ago, Rachel, you were mentioning sea stars, mm-hmm. which can regrow arms. Um, there are even vertebrates that can regrow entire limbs or tails, like uh, salamanders can regrow a leg. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure people have heard about lizards that can regrow their tails
1: Pretty and common so
2: there. on. Yeah. Um, not so common in mammals, uh, but for a human to do this, there are some requirements. First, um, accumulated evidence shows that in order to have a chance of this happening, you need to leave some of the fingernail bed.
1: Oh, okay.
2: so if you cut off below where your fingernail starts,
0: you were out of luck. Okay. Of, gotcha. Okay. Well, that would include okay. like so some bone. You are one for one. Yep, yeah.
1: You're one for one. Um,
2: second, it really helps if you're a child. <laughs> All right, you're one for two. Okay, one for two. <laughs> I mean, just, just, just back up. I don't, I don't need my fingertip to regrow. I still have my fingertip.
1: That, it is okay, mangled. That's true. that's true. It's mangled, but that's still That's true, there. you do. Yes. We're good. Okay, It right. was
2: sewed back on. It's healed. It was
0: just a really bad cut. Okay. You weren't tempted it. to, like, take the whole thing off for science. I'm a little disappointed. No. But we'll, we'll move on. No. You.
1: I <laughs> might have been. I, it depends on the situation.
2: Maybe for okay. science. Maybe if it was just a you know,
0: sliver. I, 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 so I got to pause in because I just remembered, you know, Rachel, you were saying, I feel like I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. I, I knew this. You know where you heard it? Where? On this podcast, Rachel. We talked about it on the show because I realized in uh, the trailer that we have running on a few other different uh, partner podcasts this month, there's an audio clip of you, of of us saying, don't do it, Rachel, don't cut your finger off. (laughs) Because you were looking at your finger like, maybe I could cut the tip off. And we're like, don't do it. So clearly, we talked about that in one of the episodes already. And you also contemplated cutting the tip of your (laughs) finger off at that time. Well, you know, you should. You should kind of work through that with somebody, I think, kinda on, yeah. on your own time.
1: I mean, therapy is good for everyone.
0: <laughs> that's correct.
1: If they um, want to do it. That's true. Yeah. Nah, my, my fingertips are safe. I've only, you know, gotten the avocado cut. So we're good.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Um Yeah. So
2: it's it's a lot easier for your kid. Uh if you're an adult, it can be a bit trickier. Not impossible, but trickier. Just the older you get, like, the harder it is. Sure. Um, so, like most things. Yeah, well, yes. Um, so if you do get an injury uh, above, the, above the nail bed, and if you're a, if you're a kid, you can kind of just let it go and it'll probably regrow. But if you're an adult, it seems to help right. to put on what's called an occlusive dressing. That basically means it's, water, it's a waterproof, airtight, airtight Bandage. Interesting.
0: Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So it
2: promotes a moist environment for healing. Terrible. And moist. moist. It's a moist environment.
1: Ah. Yeah. Moist. <laughs> moist. also, what body, say, this body I'll fluids Say moist a few more times for our listeners. <laughs> moist.
0: Moist. A very moist episode. <laughs> of Strange by nature. Well, that might be the title. We'll see what happens.
2: There was also a case I read about in the news uh, where the doctors used a special kind of um, bio-based wound healing powder. They kind of, okay. the woman's, the woman's fingertip had, had gotten cut off and she was looking around for a while for a doctor who would try to help her regrow it. So they kind of had to um, get rid of some of the scar tissue that had already developed mm-hmm.
1: a yeah, the special
2: dressing. Okay. And she actually regrew her fingertip according to CNN. So
1: cool.
2: Cool. <laughs> um, but you know, <laughs> based on my perusal of the literature, I think it's safe to say that scientists really don't know right now why fingertips do <laughs> or do not grow back. <laughs>
0: oh shoot.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did in the research in researching this episode uh, wind up looking at a lot of before and after pictures of grizzly finger oh. injuries
1: Oh, oh, oh <laughs> um, man. Awful. All
2: right. There was one paper in particular that had that. To...
0: Check out our Instagram. And, uh... <laughs> oh, no. No, but like we're, the We're going to have a
1: picture of a hand, okay?
0: Rachel would have to do that too, so it's not happening.
1: I mean, I um... would. It's just, it's just. I feel like that would be taken down. So we're going to just have a picture of a hand.
2: <laughs> yeah. Not,
1: not anything else.
2: Hand, hand with a Band-Aid okay. on it, maybe. Yeah. Um...
0: <laughs> or a knife in Victoria's finger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but what I was going to say <laughs> is, you know, some, some of the regrown or, um, healed finger is like, you know, it's functional, but like, doesn't quite look as big or exactly the right. same as it well. There was you it go. Before. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, but do you want to hear hypotheses about what's going on?
0: <gasps> yes. Sure.
2: <laughs> okay. So the main hypothesis seems to be uh, that the reason it's important to have the nail bed is because of stem cells.
1: Ooh, interesting. Yeah.
2: Really? So um, there's a lot of news that you hear, if if you pay any attention to this kind of stuff, about stem cells maybe eventually being a miracle cure for this disease or that disease. Right, right. Um, Mostly what you're hearing about actually refers to embryonic stem cells. So when an embryo is right. um, like very early stage of development, a human embryo about three to five days after fertilization, it's only, it's only got about 150 cells. And those cells will eventually divide to become all of the tissues in the body. So those cells can basically right. become anything. And right. so those, those are the cells that are considered extremely promising for different types of therapy. But adults have stem cells too. Um, any part of your body that grows or renews itself, has stem cells, your nails, your hair, your skin, your muscles, your bones, gotcha. your liver. Okay. Cool. Um, even your brain has some.
0: Your bones, heart probably.
2: Yeah, Bone your marijuana bones marijuana. have them. Mm-hmm. Your heart has very few, which is um, one reason why heart disease is pretty much irreversible, heart damage. But um, all of these adult stem cells are much more specialized. So like right. skin stem cells produce skin cells. Um, They're not
0: going to produce liver cells. Isn't it, they're differentiated stem cells? They're differentiated stem cells, exactly. Got it. So, however, the the stem
2: cells in your nail bed seem like they might help not just with growing your fingernails, but perhaps also with the fingertip regeneration. Cool. Um, Cool. Seems like maybe they can kind of bring together various sort of inflammation chemicals in your body and growth factors to help the healing and regeneration process kind of seems to be where the research is, is tending. Um, very cool. Yeah. But as we mentioned, like the military is into looking into this, there are a lot of other research teams that are trying to investigate regeneration in various animal models and in humans. Um, so, you know, stay tuned. It may be possible one day to grow more than a fingertip. Wow.
1: Woo! Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks Victoria.
2: A uh, few references this week. Um, a paper called First Insights in Human Fingertip Regeneration by Echo Doppler Imaging and Wound Microenvironment Assessment in the International Journal of Molecular Science uh, in May 2017. And WNT Activation in Nail Epithelium Couples Nail Growth to Digit Regeneration in Nature in July 2013. And um, an article from University of Wisconsin Medicine, Uh, from their news site by Jake Siegel. All right. So that's, uh, that's all about my fingertip. And (laughs) we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, Kirk is going to have something hopefully less squirm inducing for us, but you never know.
0: Hey, welcome back. You know, like many other people, I have recently been watching the new Lord of the Rings series. Yeah. And yes, it's fantastic so far. Either of you watching? I have no time. I don't have
1: Amazon Prime.
2: (laughs) Also, I don't have Amazon Prime, although I could snitch it from my mom if I really wanted to.
0: Disappointing. All right, well, I'm sure some (laughs) of our listeners have been been watching. Uh, It's really good. Um, I've been really enjoying it. Um, So understandably... Uh, the whole setting of uh, Tolkien's planet he created has been on my mind. Mm-hmm. And it took me back to the Peter Jackson films that came out years ago oh. and how they were filmed in New Zealand, which so is good. just a beautiful place. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It made me wonder, like, where are they filming the new Rings of Power series? It um, turns Zealand. out it's actually being filmed in a place called New Zealand. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought filmed they weren't they, in New Zealand. It, yeah, they are in New Zealand. Oh, good. Uh, it's the same place. So at this point, uh, New Zealand basically is Middle Earth. Which I want to go. It's pretty amazing. Trip? Uh, field trip? And because now... Oh, podcast field trip. Sounds good. Yes. I do know that we have a lot of nerds listening. So I do want to point out that, yes, I know that Numenor is not technically part of Middle Earth. You don't need to write in. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so here's, here's the thing. Um, not only is New Zealand a beautiful place to shoot films... It's a bit more like Middle Earth than um, I would like, in one r- really uncomfortable way.
1: Are there okay? Orbs?
0: New Zealand really is the home of Mount Doom. Oh. Now, for those of you who are, okay. are only passingly familiar with is the Lord of the Rings, a Mount Doom. Big
1: floating eye.
0: Lucky, luckily, no, Okay. no, we 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 got that going for But but. Um, in the sort of Lord of the Rings stories, Mount Doom is a giant volcano in the land of Mordor. And Mordor is basically a desolate volcanic landscape. And Mount Doom, which, by the way, is pretty on-the-nose, heavy-handed name for a writer <laughs> uh-huh. who, yeah. who like usually liked to make up wild, fanciful, and mostly unpronounceable names for things. Yep. So, um Yep, he was to really go with Mount Doom that. was a, a bold a bold choice for him. But yeah, um, Mount Doom erupts uh, whenever something horrible happens in the stories, like a horrible evil returns to the land, like Sauron. Like boom, the volcano is gonna you know become active again. Ooh. So it's a big metaphor for the for evil rising up okay. in the lands. Um, oh, it's a metaphor.
2: Now, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, also, you're dealing also with a the volcano yeah. now, so
0: it's real subtle. Mm. That Mount Doom is a metaphor, huh? Who would have known? <laughs> um, now, New Zealand's version of Mordor, and I, I'm i probably pronouncing this wrong, but it's Taupo Volcanic Zone, that's what I call it. It's on the northernmost island. Takes up a good chunk of the island there. It's a huge geologically active area that has been home to vo- active volcanoes and other features for over 2 million years. That's so it has been long. active for a long time. Um, I, I do think comparing it to Mortar might not really be fair, as it's actually like a beautiful area that has like a ski resort and amazing scenery, and I totally want to visit someday. Um, probably it's deficient in orcs.
1: That is, you know, a good maybe. On, that's a good. I haven't. I didn't. I didn't side.
0: research that. Yeah, I didn't research that specifically. I don't know if there's any orcs there. Um, but mm. the chance for things going wrong there is pretty high. Uh, so there are active uh, volcanoes in the area and again um oh, my pronunciation i'm gonna say uh ruapehu i think is how this volcano is pronounced many apologies if it's not um this volcano that's there is actually the largest mountain in all of new zealand and the name means pit of noise or exploding pit in maori so this mountain Is the actual mountain that was used as a stand in for Mount Doom in the Lord of the Rings movies? Oh, wow. (laughs) So when you see that, when you see Mount Doom in the background, that's it. That's this volcano. Oh, wow. Uh, It is actually an active volcano, though it isn't actively erupting at the moment. It is not a dormant volcano. Uh, There have been, you know, recent eruptions. One of the very cool and very strange things about it is that at the summit, it's all like glaciers and whatnot, but there's Mm -hmm. a caldera and because the caldera gets warm it has filled with melting glacial water and Whoa. this water is kept liquid by the heat of the volcano oh. now the water temperature is like a cool 60 degrees fahrenheit oh, when the volcano is pretty so quiet
1: oh nice sounds but way better when the than the volcano where I last
0: swam. when the volcano gets agitated it actually get, can rise up to about 110 degrees all right i'm out so you can kind of judge how active the volcano is based on the temperature. Sometimes some cool. the year it might be quite nice, actually, temperature-wise. Mm-hmm. And, Rachel, you, it sounds like you're saying you might want to go for a swim? Mm-hmm. 60 degrees is pretty chilly for a swim, Rachel. I, what if it was, what if it was went, 90? Would you go for 90?
1: Maybe. I don't know. I, I went swimming. I just went... Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, that's cold. Yeah, that's really real cool speaking. Uh huh. Well, I I'm I'm going to recommend you don't swim in this lake. Okay. Um, Sounds good. This particular lake has a pH of zero point six.
1: Oh. <laughs> I absolutely will not swim in that lake. So no, my skin would it would, slough <laughs> off my body. Goodness, it
0: no. would dissolve you completely. I
1: would. No. Just, um, um, it would. For go? our listeners oh, who don't know.
2: About the pH scale, that is
0: um, that's as acidic very as acidic. That's that is like taking a limit. bath in pure sulfuric acid. Yeah. Oh, what a painful so, way to go. <laughs> horrible. So <laughs> oh. you can see why it is a bit actually like Mount Doom. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's the biggest volcano in the area, but not the only. Um, it has traditionally been one of the most prolifically... Eruptive spots on Earth, this whole sort of region right there. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last 350,000 years, this volcanic zone has spewed out over 3,900 cubic kilometers of material. So that's Whoa, 940 what? cubic miles. My, my brain can't. Than, that's a lot That's of more miles. than any other volcanic zone on Earth oh, that we know wow. of. Wow. Oh, wow. Now, Whenever you're reading articles and stuff, you see numbers like that, like 940 cubic miles. And you're like, oh, wow, that's a lot. But I don't know how often we stop to really break that down. So that's mm-hmm. what I want to do for you. I, I did a bunch of sort of math and looking at Google Earth and figuring you this love, out. You love uh, math, Kirk. I, I like, um, I love numbers. I don't know if I love math. That, that's I love fair. breaking it down, though. That is right, fair. That so, is
1: why you're not an astronomer. Never mind. I take it back. Keep going.
0: That's right. So I want you to stop and picture a cube of rock that is 940 miles wide on each side. And I'll also make it 940 miles tall. Now, that's really hard to picture. So yeah. I, I want to paint this picture for you. Draw a square whose corners are in New York City, uh-huh. sort of the bottom corner of, Minnes- bottom corner of Minnesota, bottom right corner. And then go all the way down to the middle of the state of Texas oh. and then over to Orlando, Florida. Oh. That's a, that's a square that is 940 miles on each side. Whoa. So is... most of the eastern United States would be okay. covered by this, this square. <laughs> and now remember, though, that it's, this isn't just like, you know, this is a cube, right? Yeah. Yep. So it also has to be 940 miles high. Oh, no. You guys,
1: no.
0: the edge of space is 62 miles high. Ooh.
1: <laughs> Does it reach the okay, moon? Okay, so
0: this cube would stick 873 miles up into space. Oh. Uh, now, not not everything is right at that. We, we, we launch things higher than the edge of space. So right. a good example is the International Space Station is 227 miles high. So this cube would be 713 miles higher than the ISS. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's covering pretty much all the eastern United States. That's how much material we know has been injected from this one zone on Earth.
2: Wow. That's
1: it's a lot. Is, is and, and we
0: may be, that may me, be an underestimate too.
1: Remind me, is that in a year or is that total?
0: No, that's, that's in the last 350,000 years. So okay. numerous large eruptions over time. Oh, and good. They sort of good. added oh, them all up. Like a big Whoa. chunk now, of
2: New Zealand probably is. From this,
0: maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, th- this spread out. What is spread out? They, they found, you know, deposits from some of these over all of Southeast Asia. Oh yeah. Oh. You know some some of these some some of the smaller eruptions I was reading about from this particular uh, volcano was saying, oh yeah, you know, it covered all of Southeast Asia with six inches of rock. <laughs> and you're like, oh,
1: <laughs> sure, okay. okay, why not? Wow, cool.
0: That's sure. um, so you know you do that thousands of times, right. uh, and there you go. Mm-hmm. Um Now. Victoria, you talked about super eruptions and super volcanoes mm-hmm. when you talked about Yellowstone, and uh, this volcano is also a super volcano that, and people worry about Yellowstone. And I can tell you that this one has been way more active, way more recently. So it er- last erupted twenty two thousand six hundred years ago, and it has the distinction of being the most recent super eruption on Earth. Oh good like Even that. just that that one eruption about twenty two thousand years ago. Uh, I think accounts for about a third of all the material we talked about in that 940-mile square cube. So that was, we talked about the volcanic explosivity index, the VEI index. Uh Um, This was a VEI-8. So one of the largest eruptions ever on Earth. And let me tell you, we... We do not want to be alive if it goes off again. And this is one area that scientists think if we're going to get another super volcano eruption, this could be uh, where it happens. So I think it's in that way, it is kind of, uh, Mount Doom, or at least uh-huh. the, that whole area could be kind of like Mount Doom because it could doom us all. Now, there were some popular media articles recently where people were like freaking out because yeah. there were swarms of earthquakes in the area and they raised the warning level. Mm. Um, but geologists are like, no, you guys, come on. We're, we're <laughs> talking geologic time scale here. That's, where, fair. There That's could fair. be It could erupt, but it's we're n- odds are you were not ever going to see one of these in your lifetime. They just happen on timescales that uh, boggle the human mind really so probably not something we need to worry about don't lose any sleep over it yeah um but that being said there 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 have been calls for better monitoring of the area so we can better understand I think that's uh, the good. fascinating and complex vol volcanic stuff going on there
2: i mean yeah, that's not that we can do anything about it if it decides right. and to we can't do rough. anything about it
0: <laughs> nope can't do nothing uh So some of my sources for this information were the Journal of Volcanology and Geothermal Research, the U.S. Geological Survey, and Wikipedia. All right. Cool. Well, we're going to take a tiny, teeny little break, and then Rachel uh, is going to wrap things up for us this week with something else strange.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, everyone. Welcome back uh to return us to a site of victoria's childhood where she discovered her fear of horseshoe crabs uh <laughs> let's go to <laughs> the atlantic ocean all right
2: <coughs> yay so i like a- the atlantic ocean
1: it is pretty nice um along north carolina to new york primarily in chesapeake bay there lies a fish at the sandy bottom of the ocean um generally anywhere uh it's about can be about 120 feet deep, um, which upon first look is a thing of nightmares. Uh, by the way, <laughs> did I mention <laughs> that Halloween is coming up? Welcome to October, everyone. Um, oh, so good. go ahead. Wait, are I...
0: you...
1: for the theme month. Yeah, I'm doing horrifying things all month.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, we're hopefully you're saving the best for last. Oh, we absolutely. are doing our Halloween episode again this year.
1: Oh, I yeah, I have wait. a plan. Um. So go ahead and look at the photo I sent you all. Okay. And describe it to me or for our listeners. Oh, that is creepy.
0: Well, this
2: fish, oh,
1: <laughs> it looks
2: very, <laughs> First, very grumpy. Blobby?
1: Doesn't it look super grumpy?
0: Also, its eyes it's are like, freaking eyes me out. Eyes are kind of on the top. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so... One of these pictures appears to be like in water and one of them out of water. Uh, the yeah. one out of water I'm seeing, it looks like what I'm imagining is a kind of blobby fish, a little bit of a dorsal fin, like going along the length of the, of the back. It looks like it has weird looking eyes, like little eyes, but yeah. they kind of have these big like bumps around them. Uh-huh. It's like a, um, the eyes are sort of shaped like
2: barnacles, but there's no eyeball. It's just like a little pinprick at the end, at the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they had this big frowny face mm-hmm. with uh, sort of uh, mouth. You know what? You know what their mouth looks like? It looks like that um, plastic sushi
0: grass except not oh. green. Just uh, yeah. it's got that yeah. kind of fringe yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, it has a little bit of a uh, fringe. make along a frowny the road. face
0: out of tan colored uh, that little fake plastic grass in the sushi. Mm-hmm. My other thought was like a one of those, one of those banana clips for your hair. Mm. Which I always think oh, yeah. are like little monsters. I always take blah like, faces <laughs> out of them. Yeah. I mean it's same. like that, but extremely finely toothed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But blobby
0: and is a good word.
1: Face. Yeah. So this is what a What are we looking at? Northern Stargazer and Astroscopus Gatatus. Um, oh,
0: I love the name. Yeah. yeah. Is that because they look at like they're looking up at the sky all the time?
1: Yeah. So um this fish caught, caught my eye because uh, they, one, looked super <laughs> duper grumpy, but also because um, they, super they're derpy. A little, little bizarre. Um, so I thought that they were absolutely horrifying, so I wanted to share it with everyone. Um, like you both said, uh, the eyes of the fish, those little barnacle-looking things, they are actually on the top of the head of this fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a little bit, context for our our listeners at home a majority of the mass for this fish is actually towards the front and towards the mouth and its head and then it kind of narrows very much towards its tail and it has these two side um it has uh its fins that most fish use to like swim um it's kind of they're kind of horizontal instead of um vertical if that makes sense okay um Uh, So on the eyes, um, although I will say this, when they're younger, when they're juvenile, um, the eyes are actually on the side of their head. So as they age, they move up to the top of their head which I hate. <laughs>
0: I almost talked about that this week on the show, that there's fish who have moving eyeballs that migrate yeah. on their bodies as they age. Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> and one of the reasons is this is due to the way that this animal actually burrows into the sand. So it uses camouflage and it burrows and can shovel itself down into, underneath the sand and un, uh, to be unseen uh, within seconds, using its uh flippers to and its fins, I guess not flippers, to actually shovel and get underneath the sand, um, and okay, it sure, sits there in the sand waiting. Now we've had similar animals Whoa. in our show who um, use this technique, such as the fringe carpet shark that I talked about a few weeks ago. Um, however, this fish, um, you both and the noted the bobbit worm and the bobbit worm. Um, oh, the bobbit worm. Oh, God. Uh, Um, (laughs) you both noted that it actually has this really like large (coughs) mouth and it looks super grumpy. Um, so it has this large mouth that's located on the top, like almost entirely opens on the top of its head. Um, so Mm -hmm. some fish have, uh, have a mouth that is on the underside, like think rays and such. That's like the, the bottom of the fish. This one is pretty much entirely on the top of the head. And what it does is, when a prey gets close, it is able to. Uh, once it gets close enough, it opens an, its mouth, and it actually is so large it creates a vacuum, and swallows oh, nice. the fish wow. or crab or crustacean like sucks it in. whole. Yeah. Shunk. It sucks yeah. it in and swallows it whole.
0: I, I, now that you mention it, I, I don't know if it was the same one. I feel like I've seen video of this you fish You
1: absolutely inaction. have. <laughs> um, so great. Uh, so good. Um, unlike most fish as well, most fish actually breathe partially or like through their mouths. Do you see it? That's why their mouths are open when you see them in like fish tanks and stuff. They're breathing. Yeah, um, yeah. The northern stargazer actually breathes through its nose.
0: Oh, Oh, cool.
1: Yeah. Um, So it has a very small nose, but it still is able to breathe through its nose. Um, And you both noted this as well, actually. I think, Victoria, you touched on this a little bit better. Um, So in order to locate some prey, uh, it burrows underneath the sand using that camouflage. And what happens is um, it is actually, you notice that it was kind of like bulbous behind its eyes. It looked kind of baggy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They're able to actually fill the space behind their eyes, the tissues, with liquid and extend their eyes out like stalks, so they can look over the sand and gaze around for a little while to look for prey.
0: Like they have? Wait, they have like periscope eyeballs? Yeah, (laughs)
1: that's. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. Creepy. Yeah, it's so (laughs) creepy. <laughs> amazing, it's so super cool. amazing. It's so cool, it's amazing. Uh, um, and another crazy a- adaptation besides all of this, it's really good at camouflage. Uh, I was watching a video of them, and honestly, when they're burrowed into the sand, you cannot see them. Um, generally speaking, they're tan, they have spots and things all down their body. But, um, one thing that they use to actually protect themselves and potentially to help them hunt too, just in case. It, uh, they don't necessarily get the prey right away is behind their eyes. They have a special organ that actually can um, produce a small amount of electricity. Oh, so that- they can produce about what? 50 volts of electricity.
0: That's uh that's a- that's a zap. I mean, it depends, what, depends how many amps there are behind it, but okay, right. wow.
1: Uh, everywhere I was looking, it said about, it was a small amount. Like, it would give you a good shock. Okay. Yeah. And you have oh, to be careful kind of handling of zap, yeah. them. Yeah, it'd just be a little zap. Oh, my gosh. So, like, with <laughs> a fish so or cool. something, like, if they were, if they use it to, uh, and there's still research that needs to be done for this, um, if they use it for predi- for. Predation, um they actually it would be like they're headbutting the <laughs> the fish and it <laughs> well, stuns them and then also w- have into the you know uh in, into the mouth it goes in the vacuum
0: <laughs> we haven't really covered it on the show and we probably should talk about like a fish's whole electro sensory system mm-hmm. oh. so like fish are very sensitive to you know el- electricity basically electrical field so the zap to them may be far more disorienting than it would be to to, to us. us
1: yeah mm-hmm. and that's actually a way that um i saw more um i saw more people or more uh, research indicating that they use this as a form of protection than they do um to hunt gotcha uh, now i know what you're all thinking Rachel, you Okay, what are we thinking? You have brought us scary-looking fish with to this podcast before and they ended up being tiny. So this has to be tiny. Like last time I did <laughs> right. a horrifying fish, it was the the gob fish and oh, it the, was
0: the, the gob face squid, yeah, oh, yeah. squid Yeah, the gob face squid. And uh, it so looked so awful,
1: horrible, but it was tiny.
0: This the, is not tiny. This is not tiny.
1: This averages between 8 to 18 inches, but can be up to 22 inches long.
0: Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, which isn't not going to swallow you or me, huge, but that's still but that's, that's still pretty good size.
1: That's a decent size fish. So you know,
0: it's not like 18 have, millimeters. <laughs> oh, come on,
1: nope, 18 inches. So about. Um, about the, the size, this isn't a good description for everybody, but it's about the size of my forearm or so. Um, it's a little less than two feet, but, mm-hmm. uh, gotcha. so, you know, yep. have fun with that. Uh, and knowing that that exists uh, in the planet it is really fun. <laughs> it um, may haunt I'm my delighted today. that
0: we live in such a bizarre world. It's that's so why fun. we're here.
1: Exactly. So that's what I have for you both today is the Northern Stargazer.
2: Thanks, Rachel.
1: Yeah, no problem. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week with some other weird things. (laughs) Bye.
0: Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's show. Be sure to subscribe. New episodes drop every Wednesday, and we love sharing this strange world with all of our listeners. If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, that would be great.